and this is the art of less doing. I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. So I had this awesome trip on Friday. I went to LA to speak at Mary Morrissey's Alpha Omega Retreat. And it was an incredible group of people. If anybody from the retreat or Mary's team are listening, I want to thank you all for having me. It was really, really cool. I'm actually starting to like these quick turnaround trips to Los Angeles. However, this time, on the way driving to the airport, I started to get a pretty bad fever. And I normally would ride that kind of thing out, but because I had to get on the plane and I had to get some sleep and I also needed to speak the next day, I took some Advil, uh, which worked. And then I woke up on the plane and I had sort of a little bit of a side ache, but nothing major. And I kind of ignored it. And I went to the event. Everything went great. Got a lot of new people interested in the less doing programs. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And I came back and got home Saturday morning. People in my house have been sick for about a week, my kids and my wife, and so this this fever thing didn't really stand out too much until I got to about 104 fever, which did break by itself. And then on Sunday, that side ache got much worse, and yesterday, it got to the point where every time I took a deep breath, it would actually radiate up into my lungs, and it would hurt intensely. So I went to the hospital, went to the ER yesterday, uh, which was actually the second time because first I went to the ER with my son Ben because he had a big fever and was throwing up and acting really weird and he turned out to be okay. And then I basically took him home and turned around and went right back for myself. And after getting a whole bunch of scans and a bunch of blood work, the answer was unknown. (laughs) So uh, it was um, not the greatest experience ever. And today I am feeling kind of the same, but it's manageable. So I'm basically convinced that I got some sort of virus that pissed off my appendix, basically. And every time I take a deep breath, they're pushing against each other and it's bothering me. So I'm not any worse today. And uh, I'm doing all the natural things that I normally would do in this kind of case. I'm trying to cleanse as much as I can. So all that to say, this is the preamble to telling you that this is a special episode of the Less Doing Podcast. So I'm not going to get to links of the week this week. We have a new cycle of the Less Doing Bootcamp coming up on Monday. Uh, And yes, it's Labor Day, but it's also the end of the Labor Day weekend. And so I figured that would be okay. Plus, I want to keep us on this every eight-week cycle now. Also, we're not going to be doing webinars anymore. I'm going to be using Periscope more because I'm falling in love with Periscope. So if you're not on Periscope, you can download Periscope for free and follow me. And you won't have much notice necessarily when I post a uh, special video recording. But they are available for replay. So instead of doing webinars or anything, I'm just going to start using Periscope to broadcast new information that I want to share with everybody. And uh, we now have a newsletter for the bootcamp. So there's lots of really cool things happening. And the Less Doing Virtual Assistants continue to kick butt for all the people that are using it. So with that, um, the interview today is with Eric Gleiman of Paribus, which is the company that saves you money without you having to do anything about it. And actually, it makes you money in some ways. So it was a really great conversation. They just got featured at TechCrunch. There, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. So 
no big links this week, but of course, if you want to follow me on Twitter, at my handle is at RMIZL, and I always use the hashtag LDShowNotes when I'm tweeting something that I do want to talk about on the podcast, because it may take a couple weeks for something that I find to end up on a podcast episode, but if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to find out about it right away. So without further ado, thanks for hanging in there with me and this unusual episode. And next week, we'll be back with the links. And also now that we're doing one episode a week, I will do more than eight links per episode. I'll probably do 15. So we'll cover even more. Thanks, everybody. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do? If you could only work an hour a day, would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life in a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how-tos and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast... I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my less doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Eric Gleiman, who is the founder of Paribus, which is a company that's going to save you money and make you some money, actually, not even just save you money. So, uh, Eric, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, of course, Ari. Thanks for having me on. So, first of all, tell everybody what Paribus is. Yeah, of course. No, it's, uh, we think it's the simplest way to save money online. Um, so, it's a simple way. It scans your inbox for receipts. It'll track the prices and all the things you bought. Um, and when they fall, it'll automatically contact the stores, Amazon, Macy's, Bloomingdale's, whatever, and get you the difference back. So you can set it up, sit back, and it'll work to uh, automate that aspect of savings for you. Yeah, okay. So that, And that's perfect elevator pitch for it. I mean, this is a great thing. that you, All of you, anybody who has bought something online, it, it, up until this point, I, I would almost guarantee that you've missed an opportunity to get some money back because so many of these retailers now have a price drop protection guarantee. Uh, but so like, uh, what are some of the, I mean, not all of them, of course, but Amazon is a big one. Like, what are some of the others that are, that are really big for this? Yeah, no, the history is interesting. It looks like in the past five years, almost everybody pushed each other into this policy. But I'd say almost any store that you shop at online has it. So Amazon, Bloomingdale's, Macy's, Best Buy, J. Crew, Target, Newegg, Walmart. I can kind of go on, but um, a lot of these stores, um, in some way or form, whether it's um, you know protection for a, a week, two weeks, um, sometimes longer, um, will actually promise you money back. And though they promise it, they won't actually get it for you. So you have to ask. They leave a lot of work to be done. 
Yeah, and I mean, okay, so obviously, like, you could say, why don't they just do this for you? And, you know, they don't want to give up money. But at the same time, it seems so silly. Like, are there any of these retailers that will automatically notify you when there is a price drop and just out of good customer service? I, I think that they tell you that they want to. Like, you walk into a Best Buy, like, these days, and they, they have a sign, I think, at the top of almost anyone that we're price matching. And so I think for them, the psychology that they have your back is really powerful. Um, uh-huh. But right now, very few people will actually do that and go out of their way. Yeah. The and one that we know of. Yeah. So, and it's, it's literally, it's found money that you just wouldn't, I mean, people don't even think of this stuff. So it's almost beyond the, the goodness of thinking like, oh, if I do this, I might get some money back. Like you, people make these purchases and they don't even think about it. And then I get an email from Paribas saying, hey, you just saved this money. It's awesome. Yeah, totally. Totally. I'm happy you've enjoyed it so far. Now, has that been something difficult to yeah. program and, and at I, all? I think, uh, it, it is in an interesting way. I mean, so I think for us, part of it was building it by piece by piece um, and really tearing on through. Um, for, for this kind of, I mean, there's different kinds of, of programming building a startup, right? You look at something building like something like a Facebook or an Instagram, everything you build is internal to you. If things go wrong or things change, it's, it's on your system. Um, with this kind of a venture, you need to have a program that is basically going to work for everybody on any kind of transaction, no matter what the store does. So if they're changing things um, on their store, on their page, on their receipts, um, you've got to have a really flexible infrastructure to change things on the fly um, and to interpret slight changes. Um, so a big part of the task at the beginning um, was to build that type of an architecture with learning built in. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, too. Yeah. And I mean, again, so do you have like the different stores policies in terms of how long you're going to look for things? Like, I mean, you must be monitoring a ton of data. We do. Yeah. It's a huge amount of data. Um, It's already well into the, just on our, our small base. um, There's well into tens of millions of purchases made in the, in the past year on it. Um, It's just a a huge, huge amount to monitor. Um, But for each person, it it comes down to, you know, fairly simple calculus, which is, you know, um, did this person, uh, what do they pay? Um, Has the price dropped? Uh, Are they owed money in some way? Did they miss a coupon, something like that? And if so, um, take care of that next step of actually contacting and working with the store to get that money back. And then you guys take a small percentage, basically. We do. We do. And the reason for this is we, we try to design a business when we started that would that would actually always be loyal to a, a consumer. Right. So basically, we wouldn't have a way um, to actually make money and monetize unless we were actually saving you money. So as it stands now, we, um, we charge a standard 25 percent fee. So if we save you 10 bucks, um, we charge 250 on it. But something we've also rolled out, too, is if you're referring friends, you can actually bring it down to zero. Um, but the key factor is we want to make sure our profit line always stays on the same side of actually saving you money and working. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's like you become a partner in this process, essentially. Now, totally. are, are there is there a, a bigger like data play that you can do with this at some point, like maybe figuring out patterns of saving money in certain purchases or something? Or like, is there what's what's sort of next? I'm, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, I, it's a good question. Um, so one of the challenges, for example, that um, that we have is prices are actually changing incredibly fast, uh, much faster than we thought. So when we started on this about two years ago, Amazon changed around 250,000 prices every single day, which which blew our minds. 
And now they're changing close to 80 million prices every single day. Um, and it's just one store and the rest are moving things up, down, all around as they're following each other. The, the complication for us becomes is we're, we're trying to, to file things at the lowest point. Um, most of these stores say, look, um, we're happy to give you the difference back, but you can only file once. Um, so there's this, this, this challenge around figuring out when is actually um, the lowest price in the next week or two weeks going to be. Um, to do that, it turns out you actually need to be able to predict prices, um, ah. which, which, is fa- which is fascinating. So a big part of what we're doing now is to actually build in um, some machine learning to actually understand and interpret and guess, um, almost like you'd see with, with Kayak or some of the other um, flight companies to predict. Like Hopper or something. Exactly. Yeah. Like, is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? Um, that's definitely something that we want to do. Um, I think also, too, just as the nature of this grows, in, in our minds, there's never really been a, a company that we've seen that really banded together and put its entire business model on the side of consumers. And we think that you can do really interesting things with that. Um, even now, um, with, you know, a few tens of thousands of members, um, we're starting to see patterns where you have um, people across the country um, within you know same days, same weeks, um, are buying lots of the same product at the same time. So I think you can organize things like mass buying, mass discounts, things actually together and group people um, together and bring back a lot of that surplus instead of leaving it at the stores, actually taking it back for people. Um, so those are the kind of things that we, I, I would say, are thinking about um, in the nearer term. Um, but longer, I, I think you're right. The, the data is interesting. It just comes down to you know, using it in a proper way. I, I think for us, just to never stray from fighting for consumers um, and use the data would have to meet that test. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very interesting. And again, I, the, the amount of data that you amass is, is mind-boggling to me. So, I mean, what, is your, what does your team look like? Is it distributed? Like, have you programmed all your own stuff? Like, what, how, how, what's that look like? Yeah, I, I think for us, we, we try to build it in a lean startup kind of way. Yeah. Um, where at the start of it, um, we try to do a lot of the, the most complex tasks, the ones that require most thinking and coordination here. Um, for some of the more road things, like looking up a price every day, um, looking up and building some of the main just regular pipes that any website needs. Um, now we're able to bring on some friends. So my, my co-founder um, is uh, originally from Lebanon and had some friends back from home who could help out um, on some of that. So we outsourced a bit of that, um, but most of the core pieces, the handling of sensitive data we did um, internally and have kept doing. Um, so now um, we've started to really scale up the team as we started to grow. Um, we're going through Y Combinator now um, out, in, uh, out in Silicon Valley um, as an accelerator. Our team has kind of grown up to um, between five and 10, um, if you count all the full-time resources, myself and a co-founder, um, an iOS developer, um, a designer, um, someone else on the business side to kind of help and, and grow and get the word out there. And then a few um, part-time resources on a few narrow um, back-end type of things um, would be the entire team. And, and where are you based? So we're based right now in, in Menlo Park. Our, our home is in Williamsburg, New York, but you know, <laughs> uh, here for the summer. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay. Um, and okay, so then... <laughs> Um, one other thing, so that I'm just was a little curious about as well is, are are you able to, 
like if, if, a, if an email comes into someone's inbox that is not from a store that you're currently connected to or something, is that manually processed or do you have an automated process for that as well? Like how, how is it able to pull that information? Got it. Got it. So just to clarify, you're asking if it's just any regular email or an email from a store or? Well, no, right. So like if I get an email that uh, is from, you know, some Shopify, well, I guess Shopify would be kind of generalized too. Yeah. Like, like a Shopify store. Like what, what is your system going to do with that? Just ignore it or like look at, I mean, how does that work? Yeah. Right now it's for, uh, to ignore it. Um, and the key reason is, is that we, we just don't. So it, the only thing that are, that's making it onto our servers now are, um, store communications from a list of supported stores. Um, what we're going to be doing over time to be adding stores on um, is kind of going from either two ways. One, customer requests. So if a lot of people are saying, I, I love it if you would add this store to go and start actually pulling what the receipts look like, maybe make a purchase and check for those kind of um, receipts coming in. Um, or two, just kind of going top down if it's a super large store. Um, maybe they, you know, there's, there's lots of these stores that will do hundreds of millions or, you know, low billions in sales that we don't support yet. Add those things on as we go. Um, one day it, it possibly could change, but you know, for us, we just want to make sure we're really not collecting anything, um, unless we can actually help you save money on it. Um, it'll stay in your inbox. It won't get pulled to the server. That makes sense. And then, uh, um, with, uh, you know, I don't want to make you like reveal numbers or stuff, but are you able no, to no. share with us how much you've saved so far? Yeah. I mean, so it's between, uh, so it's here we are. So I think that we're about two months out into the public. Um, we have saved, um, I need to check the exact numbers between 50 and a hundred thousand dollars so far, um, for consumers and, uh, That's the rate's been growing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so, okay. Well, so the, the last question, and I'm, I'm curious cause as a, as a lean startup guy, um, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? You can, and it can be, you know, personally or as a startup or whatever you think. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think a lot of it at the beginning just to be effective is a lot of people just want to like go, really start going to work right away um, on some problem they see in the knee jerk start tearing on. And I, I think that one of the most helpful things for us is that, you know, with this idea was one of, I think it was like the 10th or 11th. Um, and a lot of it came down to actually pushing away from like fake problems or perceived problems or looking for a problem instead to kind of follow your life and, um, and actually look for what a real challenge is that you're having or have had in the past. For me, um, I think what made this venture start to really work is that um, I experienced it about three or four times. Um, first, when I, when I, my first job when I was 18, I worked in a store and I sold clothes and I, I just would see it all the time where customers would come in and pay like, they think it was great. They get 20% off on some jeans and feel really good and buy a ton of it for themselves and their family. And then two days later, it'd be 40% off. And that was weird. I, I'd see that. Um, then it happened to me as a consumer um, where I'd buy things online and just hate to get ripped off. And so um, actually seeing it and paying attention to those small signs and then just figuring out what could I do about it, I, I think is probably the very best for somebody looking to start. I, I think that the next piece of it um, is to try to, um, like, don't be shy about like telling people about it or talking about, um, what you're working on, um, and actually going out and getting help I, for a while. Um, 
we'd spent probably about a year doing that, being really quiet, trying to do everything internally. And things were just really, really slow. Um, you couldn't, you, as, as a fact, I, I think it plays into a lot of what you teach Ari and that when you're, when you're doing things alone, you're doing things, you're one, you're not tackling problems in the most efficient way. Um, you don't have the full information on stuff. You can't get experts insight and you also can't, um, I would say automate or offload things that maybe other people can do better than you or actually aren't core. And so I think that actually talking about it, um, having that conversation with people and going to people who you trust, your friends, um, even people you don't know super well necessarily, I think as well, most people are busy. They're not going to steal your idea. Um, <laughs> um, most people in the world, I, maybe there's a couple, but so don't talk to them. <laughs> but like, the rest are probably not going to bother you. Um, so I, I wish that I had done that earlier. Um, I think we would be even further along than we are now. Um, and then last is, uh, I, I would say this, uh, I, I've learned this especially in the past couple of months is the, the base the base status of a startup now is to, is, is that nobody cares. Um, it's not that a competitor is going to squash you or whatever. Um, don't hesitate about going out, um, talking to people and, and kind of don't give up because it's, there are going to be a lot of times when you're just going to be pushing, you're not going to hear feedback. People aren't really going to care the same way you are, but, um, good times will come. So keep pushing. Awesome. Well, Eric, uh, tell people, I don't, we're going to have it in the show notes, of course, but tell people where they can sign up and start saving money and anything else you want to share before we wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, first, if you want to sign up, you can just go to paribus.co, P-A-R-I-B-U-S.co. Um, you can sign up on there. It's as simple as uh, linking up an inbox, use an inbox that you're actually shopping with, and we'll take care of the rest. Um, and uh, yeah, if there's anything else too, um, we're super easy to get in touch with. Always feel free to send a note to help at paribus.co. Yeah, put Eric in the subject and I'll get back to you pretty quickly and um, you know, open on here we're building and you know we'd love to hear from you guys awesome well Eric thank you so much for your time and for yeah. all and for all the money you're saving people <laughs> cheers thanks Ari and you know, thanks for uh, for having me on here hello everyone thanks for listening to the less doing podcast if you want to find out more information of the show we would love to hear from you you can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we'd love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact, and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Mizell and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.